0: So what are you waiting for? Let's get ready to thrive. Hello and welcome to Ready to Thrive. You know, this summer I felt a nudge to re-release the episodes from my Overcoming Overwhelm series. And I think at the time I was just excited about those first few episodes that really get you thinking about building momentum in your life and just things that we need to get stuff done. And then I came to this episode today, which is an episode all about fear and anxious thoughts. And um, I know for so many, even before the pandemic, this was a struggle. And this was an episode that was released far before the pandemic, but it really hits home right now. And I think this episode really is going to equip you in... Figuring out how to really take those fearful and anxious thoughts captive. Um, I really pray and I hope that this episode will give you some aha moments in your own life where you may have actually cultivated fear in your life unknowingly. And so I hope this episode will help you. Um, I also, again, want to encourage you, if you know somebody who really struggles with fearful and anxious thoughts just to share this with them. So you have three dots in the bottom right hand corner if you're listening on an iPhone um, or if you can figure out another way to copy the link and share with somebody. My hope is that this would help free women from the bondage of fear. I do not believe we're meant to live in it from a fearful and an anxious place and so my hope with this episode is that you would actually feel more equipped to fight fear in your life um, using the name of Jesus and all that he has given us. And I think that's part of it is that sometimes we're just not equipped. We don't know how to fight. And we also don't know how to live our lives in a way that we are able to really keep fear at bay. It doesn't mean that fear doesn't come at us, but sometimes we just don't know how to fight. And so um, God has equipped us in so many ways. And so this is my hope that Um, You will have a moment where you can say, okay, I feel like now I'm a little more equipped to fight. I don't have to feel helpless and hopeless and paralyzed in this battle against fearful and anxious thoughts. So dive into today's episode on Overcoming Overwhelm, re-releasing an episode on fear. Hi guys, welcome to Ready to Thrive. I don't know if this is the first time you're joining me or if you have been listening all along, but I'm so excited to be able to have a space to be able to share things in my life that I have found to be helpful in going from surviving to thriving. And this next topic is a big one. Um, I wasn't actually planning on recording this one today, but a few things happened today. And so it feels really um, quite relevant. Now, Usually I am a little more prepared in the podcast episode, so this may seem uh, a little bit different because I don't have any kind of script that I have written out or all of these thoughts that I'm thinking, this is me, this is me winging it. So it may, it may uh, come across a little bit different than normal. But um, the thing I want to talk about, again, as we continue on in this series of overcoming overwhelm is fear. And fear can show up in our lives in so many ways. And so I'm just going to be talking about one little chunk here. I think sometimes I heard a speaker say recently that um, when he was angry, it was because he was fearful. And I know that's true of me. Um, I, I noticed I had this strange response sometimes when my kids would hurt themselves is that I would be angry. So not compassionate, which is what would be helpful for them. Uh, but they would hurt themselves and I would be angry. Like, why, why did you do that? Why didn't you listen to me? And I thought, why am I responding in such an angry way? This seems like such a strange response that I can't just have compassion for my kids who are hurt. Um, but I realized the reason I was angry is because I was fearful. I was afraid of them really hurting themselves. And so that fear was coming out through anger. Anger? Why? Why have you done this thing where you haven't been safe? And so I just want to unpack a few different things with fear. And hopefully, um, together, we can see how fear doesn't have to rule us the way it can sometimes. And I want to talk a little bit about that. So for me, um, just now, just about maybe half an hour ago, um, I'm home alone, which is a rare situation um, which is why I'm podcasting. And, um, and I heard this noise. No, I should back it up just a little bit. This morning I was looking through a cupboard and I found what looked to be a very tiny mouse poop. Okay. Now, if you ever find this in your house, this is, this is scary because this could mean you obviously you have a mouse in your house. This could mean you have many mice in your house. But here's the thing. I wasn't totally sure. Was this this a mouse poop or was this just a little piece of dirt? I don't know. It was in the back of this cupboard that I'm not in that often. So I found this little thing. And now that I'm thinking about it, maybe it was dirt. But anyways, I saw this thing and I, I kind of stuck that little nugget in the back of my head. And I have a deep, deep fear of mice being in my house. When I was in university, I lived in a house that um, I think we lived there for about nine months. We had tons of mice in this house. Like they, they came into our bedrooms in the middle of the night and they would run across our floor and scratch at various things and get into, I had some snacks hidden in my nightstand, which I don't recommend, but um, they would get into the snacks. And I'd wake up hearing them scratching on the wall and it was terrible. And my landlord's really did nothing. They did nothing about it. And I think, you know, I was young and we didn't really know what to do. I think we had set up some traps and my friend's boyfriend would come take them away, but really I developed such a deep fear of mice that whenever I would um, sleep at someone's house, especially if the house was a little bit older, I would be convinced that in the middle of the night there would be a mouse there. And so I really had this huge paranoia and I think about eight years ago in our current house, we did actually have a mouse who, who had come into our house. And, um, and so in the back of my mind, there is kind of that tiny, tiny seed of fear. So I see this mouse poop this morning and, you know, I'm thinking, well, what I think is mouse poop. Is there a mouse? I hope not. I'm trying to look. I don't see any more poop, but as I'm going about my days, about half an hour ago, I have my headphones on. So it's a little bit muffled and I hear this noise and I think, oh, I thought I was home alone, but it sounds like one of the kids is digging through a bin of Lego or something. I don't know if you know that noise where it's just kind of like this plasticky, um, kind of a loud, obnoxious noise with his arm going through a bucket of, of Lego. So I go downstairs and I realize, oh, no, no one's home. That was that was weird. Okay, so where did that noise come from? And now I hear upstairs. I hear the noise again. And I think, oh my goodness, there is a mouse in my house. What am I going to do? And so it's, then it always happens again. And so I did the rational thing, which was text my husband in panic. And um, and then I texted my neighbor across the street and I just said, I think I have a mouse in the house. You have to come over. So she comes over and as she arrives, I have um, a broom and a mop or something else in the other hand. I've I have a weapon in each hand. And she looks at me like... Like, what are we going to do? Like, this is, she's like, I don't, she's like, I don't usually advise, you know, blunt trauma. So, um, so because she is a dear friend and neighbor, I just, I sent her up the stairs by herself while I cautiously kind of waited behind. And as we heard the noise together, we were aware that this was indeed the blinds, the blinds hitting against the window. So the wind was hitting the blind, you know, swinging the blinds open and they're hitting against the window. And that was this noise. And honestly, this was an amazing moment of feeling incredibly dumb, of course, Um, laughing with my friend that (coughs) we shared this experience together. Um, But I was struck with how, oh, this is, this is how fear operates. Fear has this tiny little seed, and then our whole body is my whole body had responded as I was downstairs, being paralyzed, and I could feel this stress and tension all through my body. And and fear does that to us so quickly. And fear is irrational often and illogical, um, but it can just take over in like ten seconds as soon as we believe something to be true, and so. Um, I thought it was such a good story that I would just talk about fear today here because, um, yeah, this is, this is what happens when we let fear in. I have one other fear story that I want to share, and then I'm going to get on to a few verses. So probably about a year ago, um, we were in the basement, my kids and I, and my husband was out for the night, and I noticed that the back door, the basement back door, was unlocked. And this made sense. We had been schlepping boxes from the basement that day into the garage, and we've been going through the back door. So this totally made sense as to why the back door was unlocked. However, when I saw that back door unlocked, my mind immediately went, oh, well, maybe somebody is in my house, right? Um, Maybe there is a man hiding in the cupboard over there. So then I, of course, very logical, I go and open every single cupboard, even the ones my two-year-old would have trouble fitting into, just to make sure there is no man, full-size man, hiding in the cupboard. So I check, and of course I'm doing this with the safety of my children around me. I would never do this by myself, but I'm sure they could defend me if anything crazy would happen. So I go and I check. Of course, there's no one there. I go put my kids to bed. And um, I'm trying to go to bed myself, but now I'm feeling this sense of a little bit of anxiety, a little bit of fear, a little bit worked up, and I'm thinking this is going to be one of those nights where I can't fall asleep, at least not until my husband gets home. I know he has he has to get home before I can calm down. So I'm lying there and I'm waiting for him to arrive with his you know his ETA sort of come and gone, and so I wait. I think I waited a full nine minutes. And then I text him, I'm like, hey, just, you know, very casual, just, just wondering when you're coming home. And so I'm waiting for him to respond to my text. And, um, but then I'm thinking, well, maybe he's gotten in a car accident. Well, then I'm gonna have to get remarried. Well, does that mean I have to start going to the gym? Well, I don't know if I want to get remarried. Who's going to want to marry me? I have all these weird quirks. Is anyone going to want to marry me? And I'm, my brain is like spiraling out of control. Again, in a span of like ten seconds, I go from just getting into bed to planning a wedding and a funeral at the same time. And um, sure enough, ding, there's a text, and um, he's on his way. And I thought, what, what happened here? Right? How did I let my mind go so, so crazy? And I realized it was that moment when I went into the basement and I saw the um, basement door unlocked. And that was the moment where I basically, I let fear in, right? And the same thing with the mouse, right? When I, well, the, wind, the blind, I'm still calling it a mouse. Um, when I saw what I thought was mouse poo, when I saw the unlocked door, I allowed the irrational thought of fear to get planted as a seed of truth in my head and my heart. And so when we do this, we're actually allowing um, those seeds of fear to grow, right? And sometimes they don't grow right away. Um, the one with the mouse didn't really grow until I heard that noise and my brain logically then tried to explain away the noise as that therefore it must be a mouse, Um, and with the case in the basement, you know, I start looking through all these cupboards. And so the thing that I want to talk about here is that we can't necessarily control those thoughts that are going to come at us, right? So those thoughts may come at us saying, what if a man is there? What if a mouse is in my house, right? Those thoughts will come, but we actually can, to some extent, um, Begin to not allow those thoughts in, but actually begin to focus on what is true and and take captive those thoughts. So I want to look at 2 Corinthians 10.5. Okay. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. And in the Passion Translation, it says, we capture like prisoners of war, every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one. And I love the visual of that, right? Like prisoners of war, that is not an easy process. If you were in a war and you are trying to capture a prisoner, that is gonna be a battle. You're gonna wrestle that person. And so that's what happens with our thoughts sometimes. We have to recognize that sometimes we're just lazy in our thought life. We just let any thoughts come in, we allow them to come in, we dwell on them, and then we actually plant them and we feed them, right? As we begin to say, yeah, that that makes sense. There could be a man hiding in my basement. That makes sense. There could be a mouse, right? Like those things that we allow into our head and our hearts, then they're allowed to grow. Whereas we are actually supposed to capture those thoughts and say, no, 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 you don't get to come in here. You don't get to come into my head. You don't get to come into my heart. And I will say that for some of us who have allowed any thoughts into our head, this is going to be really tough. This is going to feel like if you go to the gym, and you're like, I've never been to the gym before. This is hard. Um, and you begin to sort of work out your muscles, you're going to feel really weak. Um, but as you go to the gym every day, you are building and strengthening your muscles. This is the same thing here. At first, it may feel like you are having to take captive every thought that is coming into your head, right? You might be bombarded. With thoughts that are causing fear and anxiety. And so it might feel like, oh my goodness, I am having to take captive that thought, take captive that thought, right? Like again and again and again. But it will get easier as you know, oh, this is not a true thought. I'm not, I'm not allowing, I'm not dwelling on this thought. I'm not allowing this thought to sink in. Um, so as we practice that and really train ourselves and strengthen ourselves, we will get better at it. Um... And another thing I wanted to mention is that sometimes um, those thoughts seem to appear out of nowhere, but other times we actually cultivate them, or we we go looking for them. And so, if you know, we hear about some some tragedy that has happened in the world, or um, something that's going on, and we begin to seek out articles or things that are fear inducing. And I'm not saying being ignorant of what's going on in the world. I'm just saying sometimes we're looking for more information than we need and we're actually causing more fear in our lives and we're planting seeds of fear. Or if we sit around with girlfriends and um, somebody mentions something and then every single person begins to share their own story, um, almost sometimes like one-upping each other. Uh, it can feel like like if somebody is pregnant and someone is sharing a story and then someone else will share their a terrible story that they've heard, right? You're going to hear about all of the worst things that could possibly happen while you're pregnant. Um, And that's not helpful, right? Sometimes we just share things without really thinking, do I need to share this? Is this actually helpful for this person in this season? Sometimes it is, but oftentimes we're just taking part in a conversation and we don't actually need to be planting seeds of fear in others. Um, I want to share a few more verses. And so if you are a person who likes to um, look up these verses, I do actually encourage you to. I'm just going to give you a minute and you can pull out a pen and paper or jot them down in notes on your phone because I think it actually helps. It's nice to hear somebody share um, scripture, but it makes such a difference if you are the one looking it up for yourself. So 1st John 4.8, sorry, 1st John 4.18, it talks about how perfect love drives out fear and God is that perfect love. And so what we want to do is we don't want to be planting seeds of fear. But we want to be planting God's love through his word, through time with him, and that begins to help drive that fear out of our hearts. 2nd Timothy 1:7 says God has not given us the spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Right? He wants to give us a peaceful sound mind Philippians 4 8 talks about thinking on what is true right thinking on those good things instead of allowing yourself to dwell on things that aren't true things that cause anxiety um, all of the things that the world is thinking about don't think about those things think about the things that are true the things that are good and Colossians 3 2 says set your mind on things above not on the earthly things So look up those uh, four verses as you begin to practice taking captive those fearful thoughts. And uh, for the activation this week, I just want to say, if an irrational thought comes your way or a fearful thought, don't entertain it. Practice taking it captive. Don't dwell on it. Don't think about all the what ifs attached to it. Don't let it be planted in your head and your heart. Instead, capture it. And then think on what is true, and sometimes you have to reframe this, um, right? So, for the example, let's just say um, the example I gave downstairs. I could say, when I hear, "What if a man is in my basement?" Right? I could reframe that and say, "We were carrying boxes upstairs today. Um, that is why the door is unlocked, and I can go. I can go physically lock that door." And you know what? I went in my, in my daughter's room where the blind was flapping and I closed that window. So I didn't have to have that flapping anymore. And I just thought that is what we need to do. We need to close the window where fear is getting access. So I hope you have a great, great week. I hope this has been a helpful episode for you. Um, I think it actually might be, be my longest episode so far. I'm um, just with me talking. So if you've Stayed this far. Thanks for joining me. And I hope um, this has helped you uh, get one step closer to thriving in your life. Thanks for joining me today. If you'd like to connect more, you can find me hanging out on Instagram at Jacqueline.Widener.